What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm Scott McNally. Of course, I'm here with Skip Hill and S2H. If you guys are new to the channel, if you're uh, just tuning in for the first time, uh, I'm with a couple of guys here who've had a ton of experience in the bodybuilding industry. Uh, Skip has dieted literally thousands of people at this point. I've dieted thousands myself, but not as many thousands as Skip has, that's for sure. And uh, S2H has had plenty of experience working with clients. Plus, he's our resident expert on all the weird and random compounds that exist in bodybuilding. So we're here today to answer your listener questions about bodybuilding and everything else. If you guys want to chime in here at the live feed, feel free. If you're watching this on YouTube and uh, you want to take part in the show, feel free to uh, comment. And, uh, you know, we'll take that question on the next episode. Plus, your comments help to boost the program and the algorithm. So any comments are helpful. Liking the show, all that stuff is helpful. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do, because we have several programs that come out each week. We'd love to have you along for all of them. Topic of the day, we were going to talk, and I don't even know what to freaking call this anymore because I feel like the, the name has evolved. We used to call it cheat meals back in the day. Now I feel like it's either like a refeed or it's a free meal, but I feel like cheat meal has been worked out of the, the vernacular. What do you think, Skip? It's been worked out of the vernacular because it has such a negative connotation that it's not structured or uh, planned. You know, our industry and all of our minions, uh, and, and, and I say minions, minions of sport, that uh, we're so regimented, we're so structured, and we're so disciplined. We can't use a word like cheat, yes, you know, when it comes God, no. to even an, uh, let alone an exercise, but but of course diet too. So I think it's just that negative connotation. They've probably gotten away from that. I would say, I'll, you know, I always push, you know, I always refer to everything as skip loading because that's what I do. But uh, outside of that refeed, I think refeed is is probably a more popular term. Um, because then it justifies, you know, you can eat Twinkies and call it a refeed because, you know, you were depleted. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, start us out then. Um, for anybody who is newer to bodybuilding, I feel like the, the thing we need to do is formally talk about, well, what is the purpose of a cheat meal? And I guess there could be multiple purposes, right? But where, where do we start with this? Yeah, there's like three main reasons, and you guys correct me if you feel, not necessarily that I'm wrong, but if you disagree, and uh, I kind of do them in order as far as significance. Actually, I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to start with number three because it's not as important, and that, and a lot of people misconstrue a cheat, uh, cheat meal or a refeed meal to mean that it's just this break psychologically that it's you know, kind of a reward, I guess, in, in a way, you know, I've dieted for, you know, three weeks and now I get a cheat meal because I've, I've been such a good little, you know, little client that I get to, uh, you know, break, give myself a break, I guess, and be normal or whatever the hell we're going to term it. Um, that's number three. Cause it's the least implied. I consider it more of a side effect than I do anything else. You don't need a psychological break to eat a burger. <laughs> That's that's not a very good reason. Uh, number two, I think, is, um, you know, from a, a metabolic standpoint, you the body is resilient in the sense that it will adjust to whether it anything that's constant, I guess the best way to put it. So even levels of cardio, if they're constant, uh, it's not that the cardio doesn't work, but, you know, there, I've talked about this in the past, the cardio cycling, carb cycling, you know, it, things like that. If you're going to alter 
caloric intake, then you should probably alter to keep your body off balance uh, caloric output as well. So from a metabolic standpoint, it kind of keeps your metabolism, I want to say off guard, but mm, yeah. um, from locking into a specific amount of calories. Uh, and then number one is, it's the most important reason is depletion. You know, as you diet and you're in a calorically restricted state, you know, you're depleting yourself of glycogen. So, you know, the metabolism can slow down. Number one and number two are kind of tied in together a little bit because as you de- get more depleted and you run on low calories and low carbs for a long time, it can impact your metabolism as well. But it's refueling or refeeding glycogen stores and, of course, refueling and refeeding the metabolism as well. So number one and number two are far more important than number three. Number three is kind of just a side effect. Yeah, I'd go I'd go with that. I, I guess it depends too, like, I feel like for somebody who isn't competing, that psychological component of giving somebody a break can be, it, it could be a more important factor, I'll put it, more important as in, it's like, if you're dieting for a show, you don't get as many psychological breaks, you know what I mean? Like, you just got to do what you got to do. But if you're just living a lifestyle, you're trying to get into better shape, then then there's no reason you can't have a cheat meal on a more regular basis. You have to understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if there's not. I I can see your point, but I would say this, and and this is me, you know, kind of in perfectionist mode. Yeah. If we really break it down to the nuts and bolts, there is an optimum. Everybody has an optimum amount of macros and and calories that they're going to use, not just daily, but almost meal to meal. Yeah. And, you know, even if we're speaking of just digestion, if you have a cheat meal, you know, you're, you're going to kind of back your system up. Typically you're going to back your system up a little bit. Uh, you're going to have a hard time getting the next meal in if you, you know, ate a decent amount of food and not necessarily talking about stuffing yourself and making yourself miserable, but typically a cheat meal or a refill meal, refeed meal is more food volume wise than any of the other meals that you're going to be eating. So there's an optimum ratio of macros and that's typically what we're shooting for do we always get it right you know we don't get it right but we probably have it pretty damn close so when you take in a refeed meal or a cheat meal those are kind of all over the place it's it's not typically based on um set numbers it's just kind of a a meal that you know you haven't had in a while you are kind of treating yourself things like and there's different ways to do it i mean sometimes they they can be structured but they're typically not when they're structured they're just high carb meals it's the same food that you're eating and you alter your carbohydrate intake sometimes you alter fat intake to you know compensate for the carbs it just depends on you know who you're working with what you know that sort of thing let's get us to h in on this scott um, do you have, cause I know I do when you're just starting somebody out and you guys are going to do a cheat meal because you need it or refeed, however you want to call it. Do you have like a go-to meal, like something that you would prefer to start with? Uh, or do you just tell yeah. them like, Hey, have at it. I mean, first of all, I call them cheat meals cause I always have. So I'm not sensitive to people's mental weakness of saying, Oh, you're going to get a cheat meal. Um, yeah, cheeseburgers and fries, steak or potato, one of the two. Steak or potato? Yeah, that's usually the main two. I mean, <clears throat> what Skip said is pretty right. You know, I mean, you know, if you, it's like people, especially if you're a competitor, if, if you're in like a really, if you're intaking a super low amount of carbohydrates, especially over a long period of time, like, a, 
you know, 14, 16 week cut. And then you try to carve up for the show. A, you're kind of gambling because you don't really know what's going to happen. And B, your body won't be that receptive to, you know, a certain amount or a certain type of carbohydrate intake. So I like to use the cheat meal, especially for a prep starting. If someone's in pretty good shape, I might throw one in on if the show's on a Saturday, like a Friday night. And just a couple, you know, weeks out, give it a test run too. So, yeah. Yep. Cheeseburger and fries, though. How about you, Skip? Is there any kind of, any kind of like go-to foods that you feel are kind of kind of across the board more effective for someone, especially if you, if it's early on and you don't have something specifically picked out yet for them? Yeah, I mean, I always have my go-tos, and my clients will be laughing because they could probably bang off the first three, four, five of them pretty easily. I know one of um, yours. Restaurant quality burger. Yeah, there you I've, go. I, I got to uh, tell you, man, I've stolen that term from you because I didn't know how to say it. I, I used to, like, dance around that. I'd be like, you know, like, like if you go to, like, a good burger, like, if you go to uh, a, you a know, real hamburger, a, a burger, pl- like a restaurant, you know, I'd say something like, you know, if you go to, like, a, the type of burger Red Robin has, not McDonald's, and now I just say restaurant quality. I stole that term from you, restaurant quality right. burger. My people are probably listening right now and laughing at that. Well, and as a trainer, you have to know, and a lot of people are going to, you know, laugh training people. And especially if you're in, you know, a prep guy and stuff like that, you can relate, but you have to be very, very clear with clients because you, you know what you mean and you can think you're clear, but if you tell somebody to go eat, you know, burgers, they may be throwing down, um, you know, like you say, McDonald's or, or, well, you know, I didn't even get McDonald's. I got Taco Bell. I mean, there's always, <laughs> you know, it's like, but I didn't tell you, but well, it's got ground beef in it and, you know, things like that. And so, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good go-to, but um, you know, if I always tell people so that they don't, I try to save questions, I guess, by giving yeah. more information, you know, so five guys, stuff like that. I mean, you know, even five guys is a little healthier too, because of course they, they cook their fries in uh, peanut oil, which is, you know, look, you don't want your your either skip load meals or refeed meals to just be complete shit. You still want to gain as much nutrition from those meals as you can. And I know when I first started skip loading, it can be equally as effective for conditioning, to be honest with you. But people would sit down and be like, well, you know, I had half a you know, container of Briar's ice cream and three packages of gummy worms. And, and I remember thinking, well, you know, we could probably be, able, we can get more nutrition out of the meal than, than going that route. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then started making the skip loading more about meals. And then if you want to throw in a, you know, a snack on top of it at the end of the meal, then it, it, I don't care about that. That's fine. So another go-to would be like a diner breakfast, you know, hash browns, mm. uh, omelet, uh, pancakes with syrup, things like that. Um, Sushi. Sushi is always good. You got to be careful yeah. with sushi, though, because if you get into, you know, shrimp, shrimp tempura and things that are deep fried and, mm. and a lot of sauces, you know, they get kind of fancy and kind of novel, um, mm. you know, sushi sometimes. But if you're just eating, you know, rice and fish and you're going to stuff yourself and make yourself miserable, the nice thing with sushi is no matter how full you are, two hours later, it's moved. Yeah, it's moving yeah. and cheap sushi will move through you before you ever even leave the restaurant. <laughs> well, okay, then then how about something that's like? Is there anything? And I want to ask both of you guys this: Is there anything that's just like off the table that you're like, now nah, that's not a generally not a good cheap meal food? 
And I think junk. I, I don't think junk is. Yeah, exactly. Would you, but say, if you Scott? sit down to a bottle of Jack Daniels? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I'll use an example of because I always go through the you know my client skip loads. I have them outline them for me uh, when they check in early in the week the next week. And uh, and this isn't to beat up my client because he's great and he executes you know flawlessly. Uh, but I noticed that for a couple weeks his last meal was say like, um, you know, a muffin or two, and then it would be, you know, a, a, a few cookies and, you know, Ben and Jerry's, Ugh, you know, that's not, that's not as much a meal. And, and it's funny because I've had people say, well, you know, that's kind of, you're not being black and white. Like, tell mm. well, you know, it doesn't need to be so black and white. But you know, you need the calories first. You need the carbs second, and then you know people sometimes get worried about the fat intake. And unless the fat intake is just absurdly high, and you're just sitting down, you know, blending bacon and making smoothies with it, you know, if you have a if you have a few pieces of bacon or some sausage with your breakfast, it's it's just not it's not a deal breaker, uh, you know, in any fashion. It's a it's a meal that you're trying to replace and offset your metabolism, replace carbohydrate stores. You're trying to, um, you know, increase your caloric intake. So I prefer the meals. I've gone, you know, I've gone more to that over the last, it's been a while now. I was going to say the hand, last handful of years, but it's probably been closer to the last 10, but I've been skip loading for almost 20 years. So it's been a long time. How about you, S2H? What's like a, I mean, a, a, a no-go besides Jack Daniels? I'd say pizza a lot of times I try to steer steer clear of because there's not a lot of I mean you can get a lot of value out of pizza and you get a lot of sodium and you know, like, I do like, that too because you can eat a whole pizza like you know there's there's no limit if you get yeah. a large pizza you can keep 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 you know yeah what size pizza yeah. uh, stuff like uh, I had somebody once eat the eighteen or twenty four piece bucket from Popeyes yeah. <laughs> You know, I think that was probably, and they didn't, that didn't come out to, it came out well really quick, but uh, <laughs> you know, it didn't work out real well for him. So, you know, anything that's got no real value to it. Uh, I usually stick with steak and potatoes or uh, a real hamburger and for like real fries, you know, real cut potato fries, not crappy fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, what's I going to ask you? Okay. So you have the cheat meal as a coach. What is the optimal response that you see the next day? Well, the most obvious response is the, you know, the increase in weight and anybody who's new to, well, using- I mean, well, just to be certain that you I want to make sure I'm super clear. Like sometimes cheap meals work better than others. What, it, what would be like the perfect response? Let's say what a guy is-, is 200 pounds going into the cheap meal. He's, you know, obviously you're probably, what are you seeing when somebody needs a cheat meal? They're probably flat. They're probably, you know, getting weaker in the gym. Oh, you're whatever. talking about just the visual. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. What's the response? What do you expect the next day after a guy has a cheat meal and it was freaking perfect? Probably gains four or five pounds. Yeah. That's about where I am too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course it depends on the size, but if you size sure. of the person and the size of the meal, but if you have someone who's 200 pounds and they gain four or five pounds, that's about right. There's not anything alarming uh, in that some people will hold more water sub Q. Other people will just, they'll be, you know, dramatically fuller and sometimes drier. There's also ah, other variables yeah. too that will take a long time to get into, but just to touch on them, you know, water intake while you're, uh, you know, if you're talking about one cheat meal, your fluid intake probably isn't going to be down, 
But if you are loading several meals, then sometimes what people do is they get so wrapped up in the food and taking the food in that the, it, it seems so overly important that they forget about the fluid intake. And the fluid intake can really mess it up because sometimes they can come back the same weight the next day and they'll be like, oh, that's weird. I didn't even. And then the day after their weight is up because their fluid intake was low when they were loading. And then when they come back to their diet and they get their normal fluid intake, then of course, then the weight will go up and, and that can be a lag time. It can add an extra day as far as scale weight is concerned. Um, but you can also get into, uh, it also plays into condition where you can have either a cheat meal or you can have several cheat meals in a day and come in the next day and be bone dry and look you know, silly, especially if someone's close to a show. And then the next day they start to smooth over, over for the same reason that mm. the fluid may have been low. Now there are those, um, you know, what are outliers, I guess is a good word that can take in the right amount of fluid and take in their cheat or load meals. And then the next day they wake up, um, like my client down in Miami, um, you know, Manny Rodriguez oh, yeah. and just look absolutely fucking retarded and be ready to go and literally can't take in. Like if I, if I have him load for a full day, I could mm -hmm. still have him. He probably load for two days. No kidding. Yeah. And just get harder and harder and drier and drier. Huh? Tan Tanya says, uh, what is this? She says, I can't do cheap meals. My appetite is so aggressive and I'm so small. Even at the height of a bulk, if you tell me to uh, have what I want, I will clear two days worth of calories in one meal without uh, without stuffing myself whatsoever. Some people do free meals, a.k.a. sensible meals, but untracked. Um, well, if I'm still limited, I'd rather stick to my tracked food. Do you, do you ever deal with people, Skip, that don't you, they, they, they would rather not for one reason or another? go because i've had that where people are like, listen i just can't handle it doing a cheat meal i'll lose my mind yeah no question um it's not a very high percentage for me because you know my good or bad my reputation precedes me people don't come to me and then all of a sudden <laughs> well they don't come to me and go all of a sudden i know i have to elaborate because a dickhead over here oh, who's gonna take that is oh my god he's talking. but it does in the sense and i'll finish and it'll make more sense you're yeah. not going to come to me and work with me and not know what skip loading is that that will happen one out of a hundred times. It just doesn't happen that often. You know, when you come to work with me, that you know you have an idea of what my methods are. So that's what I mean by that. What's what's now, the bones of it? Well, okay, I'm sorry. Finish your statement, and then I yeah. we, I do want to hear that though for everyone for the twenty percent. It, yeah, it's not very common that that can happen. And I'm not going to pick on number one. I want to say her comment came up on the screen, which doesn't didn't happen before you change the software. Fuck yeah! Look at that yeah. shit. So I could actually read along and see her emojis and everything else. You want to see something else? Watch this. Pictures. Watch That's this. Awesome. Boom. Look at that. Andrew Nolan. Boom. Look at that. Kenya. Look at that. We're doing shit. Hey, Rick. What's up, Eric? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the big time. Yeah. Going to the big time. It is, yeah, it is cool. Um, but and I'm, and I'm not picking on Tanya by saying this, but it allows me to kind of make this point. A lot of people say what she says but that doesn't matter. So her situation, if I take it at face value, is incredibly uncommon. It happens, but it's incredibly uncommon. Most people who say that, they have two things going on. Number one, well, mainly have one thing going on. They can't 
or they struggle psychologically with the diet, with that meal not being structured. And, and it either brings back issues of, um, you know, if they've had overeating issues, you know, in the past or that it's like a lack of structure. I'm trying, I know I'm moving my screen. I'm sorry. Um, it, it kind of brings up those issues. It, may, it can make some people very anxious. And, um, you know, I've had a couple of clients. I, I have, a, you know, a few clients a year that will just struggle with it so bad. They can even see it working and not want to do it. They just, those, that type of mentality needs the very black and white structure of specifically what to eat. And it's unfortunate, um, but at the same time, you, as a trainer, you have to be able to adapt to your client. Otherwise, you know, what do you tell them? I mean, your, your, your ego can tell them, well, then I guess go work with somebody, you know, somebody that's not good that, you know, your business acumen's in the toilet if that's how you treat people. Yeah. It's so late oh, on my us. wife's like that though. She's like the the lady that just uh, made the comment. Same way. She can't. So, she can't handle oh, no. a cheat meal. She doesn't want them. It's like, don't get them near me. Hmm. Yeah. You know, she'll eat celery if, if her coach told her to. So, know? what's the difference then, though, between this skip load and a cheat meal? Then I want to get for I know for eighty percent of the people we already know, but I, I'm speaking to the twenty. I'll tell you what, the biggest difference really is this. It's it's not as common. A cheat meal is is one meal. And it's not common that my clients, they might start out at a meal because we have to start the loading small. But uh, And I think a lot of people in the industry would explain it this way too. It's, it's more. It's multiple meals versus one meal. That's probably the biggest difference. Now, I say it's structured more than just a typical, like, what are you craving? Go ahead and eat it. Um, because I still, in the sense that you, you, know, you never stuff yourself. You can't eat a meal until you're miserable. Um, and the, the carbohydrate, even though the fat intake needs to be low to moderate, there aren't numbers on it. I don't put numbers on carbs and numbers on fat. It just needs to be carbohydrate dominant. So yeah. if you have if you have a burger and you have a burger without fries, then I, I tell people sometimes they're like, well, I just didn't feel comfortable eating the fries. Well, then eat the fries first and then eat the burger. And if you don't finish the burger, be, just because there should be more focus on the carbohydrate, the carbohydrate is the more it's just the more important of the macros when it honestly protein isn't even really that important um there are the large majority of the time especially when you're in a surplus like that if it's just for a meal or even for a day if you're in a surplus especially a, a massive surplus and this is why I, I go back to what tanya said about well you know i eat all those calories look i you know i've got people and it's not uncommon to do this it's not everybody but it's not uncommon that these people will eat such large amounts of calories that if they, and I don't, I tell them not to count calories for this reason, because mm. the numbers start to play in your head. If this were truly about numbers, it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. Because if you say there's 3,500 calories to a pound, then, and they're walking away and all of a sudden these loads are seven, nine, 10,000 calories. I mean, this is not unheard of. It doesn't happen with everybody, but it's not unheard of. Then it mathematically, it just doesn't work. So you got to get away from the numbers a little bit, not focus on the numbers. And that's why I go with, you know, your brain will tell you the large majority of the time. Um, I don't want to say exactly how much to eat, but how much to eat. And to it also makes people lock into 
the connecting with their body and understanding when enough is enough instead of just making themselves miserable and then they feel like shit and then they want to sleep for two hours, things like that. It, it, I think it helps for people to control their intake and listen to their body. There are some people, there's a small percentage of people that cannot do that. Right. Um, so I've, I've got a guy right now I'm working with. We've, I've worked with this guy on and off for years and exactly kind of what Skip was saying earlier. So what's it say Sunday? Yesterday is his cheat meal day. So we're at a point now where I told him, I said, have a clean cheat in meal one, a medium dirty cheat in meal three, and a really dirty cheat in meal six. And the other two meals in the middle are, are pretty benign. And since he, we've worked together a long time, he knows what I mean by those terms. He knows what I want him to eat. And he does it. And he'll have gained five pounds tomorrow. And then on Monday when he weighs in, he'll be probably a half a pound or three-quarters of a pound less than he was the Monday before. But I also saw her comment again. So there's people I've had that really, really struggle with a a load meal, whatever. And they've had problems where they've kind of gone out of control. Yeah. Just kept eating. So on on those type of people, what I would do is structure a hot. I would just say, hey, in meal, bam, 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 instead of eating whatever, let's just say four ounces of rice, eat eight or ten. Or whatever, and I and I, you know, but I don't, I don't put a, I don't put a number on it. I don't like do any kind of calculation to it. It's kind of like, okay, what's their body weight? How, how's it, the prep been going? But I do like, I, I think I prefer the just the kind of go for it load, you know, and uh, for the, you know, because most people can get right back on track, but some people struggle with it. Right. Um, well, listen, we're a uh, little ways into this. What do you say we uh, take a quick break? I feel like we could keep going about this for like, there's a lot more we could do, but we do have a bunch of listener questions. So uh, for everybody at YouTube, we're going to shout out our sponsor and for everyone else here at the live feed, hang with us. Because I'm going to make a quick shake here. Actually, I have my water, Skip. I have my, I just bought some more Team Skip. Do you ever do the um, chocolate peanut butter cup flavor? I don't usually flavor with anything peanut butter because I typically have nuts or peanut butter with my protein drinks anyway to help kind of slow them down. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, uh, vin- yeah, you just dropped it all over your mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your mic's so, got it, dandruff. It won't come out of those holes either, so you could try blowing on it, I guess. But uh, I'm a salted caramel, like 50-50 salted caramel <laughs> and vanilla. Ooh, Those yeah, two yeah. together, that's a good one. Um, Dante and I both, it was kind of funny because I told him, I said, I like a scoop of mocha java or cafe mocha or whatever with uh, French vanilla too. He's like, oh, that's what I do all the time. That's a good one. The protein coffee. If you haven't had the protein coffee, that stuff is like crack. That's good. It tastes really good. Now, it's got a few more, like Team Skip Protein doesn't have hardly any carbs in it at all. With the protein um, coffee, it's got a few grams of carbs. All right. Um, Jeff said something to me. I'll, I'll mention him here uh, before we get back. He said, Scott, are you buying your weights in a CD in CD locations? <laughs> uh, we have been buying ours recently in a couple in a couple's garage who has been hustling equipment like crazy. I feel like this whole thing is getting back to normal now, like the, the price gouging that was happening. I think that that's going away now. I think that um, I think we're getting back to regular pricing. 
But yeah, I just got these off of Facebook Marketplace. And get this, the guy wanted uh, eight twenty-five. Cool dude, by the way. He wanted eight twenty-five for these two sets of dumbbells, one twenty-fives and one fifties. Comes out to I believe five hundred and fifty pounds of weight. Uh, he was asking like a buck fifty a pound. He didn't sell them for a week, so he went to seven twenty-five. I offered him six six fifty. He said yes. He was going to meet me at the grocery store by his house. And then he called me back like two minutes later and he's like, Hey, listen, man, I, I can't get these out of my basement. I'll knock another 50 off if you can come and load them yourself. So <laughs> I got a deal. I got a deal. But they were heavy. You know, the deal is shady when you pass cash by shaking someone's hand and then you look <laughs> and then before the person you're buying, whatever it is they're selling you before they hand it to you, they look over both shoulders and then give you whatever you're buying. Yeah, that's easy. That's that's questionable. That's sketchy. <laughs> All right, I'll bring us back in here. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm wiping protein, true nutrition protein, off my face here. Uh, I'm Scott McNally. Of course, I'm here with Skip Hill and S2H. If you guys are just tuning in, uh, do us a favor, hit the like button. If you haven't subscribed yet, we got a bunch of podcasts. We'd love to have you along for all of them. Uh, of course, hit the notification bell so you can stay up to date. We've got a bunch of listener questions here. If you guys want to throw any listener questions in, feel free here at the live feed. Or if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit us up in the comments. Plus, comments help to boost us in the algorithm. I'm going to um, help with the comments right now before you can do this. For anybody who watched Game 4 last night, comment. What's Game 4? Go ahead. Game 4. You're, if you don't know, then you're not going to get Baseball. it. Just, <laughs> yeah, you gotta be I figured. I knew. Insane. But anyway, I'll leave it at that. Go ahead. First question. All right. Uh, getting in nutri nutrients, this is from Dusty, getting in nutrients uh, when bulking, i.e. enough greens and whatnot uh, with all the starches. So I guess he's talking about like the micronutrients. Yeah, is that Dusty Henshaw? He always, usually when he, <laughs> when he comments and asks questions, he does it anonymously. So yeah. this time he, he did it under his real account. He's probably like, ah, damn, Skip knows I'm asking him questions now again. Brandberry, Dusty uh, Brandberry. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you know, greens with look, I'm 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 gonna be completely transparent. I'm not a big vegetable guy. I'm not a big green guy. There it is. Um I'm not I'm I'm doing as I say, not as I do. I get it. I'm not mm. walking the walk, everything. I'm gonna tell you why though. They just they bloat me. They make me distend. I'm already old and I'm fighting the old guy belly even when I'm lean. Belly as far as distension. And I think the greens are a much better idea than vegetables. Let's just say that. Um, if you're having problems with distension, use, then use the greens. In the off-season, it can probably help to move things along. But you know most people in the off-season, when their calories are higher and their food volume is higher, things are moving along typically relatively well anyway. When things start to slow is when the volume of food gets lower. And, you know, I've had clients tell me that they're taking little, what do they say, um little bird shits or, you know, things like that. And, um, you know, they become a little more constipated. The food isn't moving through as well, but sometimes it's not that the food isn't moving through, but it's that the volume of food is just significantly lower. And I mean, the reality is very, very simple. If you're not putting a lot of food in, not a lot of food going to come out. This is true. So you put more food in, whether it be a cheat meal, load, you know, sometimes you're going to, yeah, you eat your cheat meal before you go to bed. <laughs> And it's pretty good size. You wake up, you're on the toilet for a while. You are 
if I can paraphrase, shitting your brains out. You know, that's going to happen. There's going to be more volume there. There's going to be more movement. It, it's more in, more out. It just is what it is. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Scott? I, I feel like in Texas, they don't eat vegetables. They're like, we just eat more meat. See, I'm like Skip. I walk the walk and talk the talk. So you ain't getting no vegetables in your diet. Well, you know, if somebody has, if somebody has you know, di- some types of digest- digestive sometimes issues, um, if I need to, if you need to fill some, maybe a, a diet's a little lower, you know, caloric intake, it's not so voluminous. You might put some in there to take up some volume. But I don't particularly myself like greens. Uh, there's a few things I like, but there's some of them I just like broccoli. I just rather would eat my desk than eat broccoli. I like broccoli. And it makes and it makes people gassy. The large majority mm, of yeah. people make and I'm gassy gas. enough, so we don't need any more gas. So, so when you say greens, just to be clear, you are talking more like leafy greens, right? Collard, mustard, yeah. turnip. Be- and those are actually better. People don't tend to get those because they don't. I don't know. They, it's more like grass. It doesn't satiate. But the truth really is, is when, when was the last time you ate a vegetable? Seriously. That really, even if you're starving, satiated. You haven't eaten one in 12 years. Don't even Potatoes lie. Potatoes are vegetable. Potatoes don't do that. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, though, like collard greens, turnip greens, mustard greens, they're really, they're actually really, they have a lot of nutrients in. They're great for you. People no down question. here in the South, we eat them. The problem is when you get greens, they have butter, and bacon right. all the yeah. so That's the only really, time they taste it. Really, uh, you know, it doesn't, you know, the soul food diet does not always work for cutting. So, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I, asparagus, you know, natural diuretic kind of, you know, and I know a lot of people eat asparagus uh, when they're dieting. Uh, I'd rather eat something. I could think of a thousand things I'd rather eat than asparagus, but, you know, it depends on the clients. Some people, I mean, I find clients that really like greens. I find they really don't. There's not like a happy medium. You know, you either like them or you don't. And they do, they have their purpose, but, you know, I think you can diet without them. But I think the original question is still more about the powdered supplement, right? I think he's just saying he's he, he, just the nutrients. He says getting nutrients in, i.e. greens and whatnot with all the starches. So, yeah, I think he's talking about actual food, the vegetables. Okay, fair enough. Um, and it's going to be more difficult. It depends on your metabolism. It depends on how much food you can tolerate, too, because if you're in the off-season and you're pushing clean food and you're pushing a lot of calories, sometimes you don't want those vegetables basically taking up more space because sure. you're already full. You're already like, oh, my God, I'm choking this meal down. And then you've added, you know, two cups of, of greens or, or broccoli or something that's going to take up more space. So I think that's more of an individual thing. There's no denying the the nutrient, you know, people, you know, it's it, People always make me laugh when they say things like, well, you don't, you don't drink milk. You don't do dairy. So you don't, you're not getting any calcium. God damn. You got to learn your nutrition better than that. Holy shit. You know, because a lot of these greens are high in calcium too. So there's just a lot of, it's a, it's a micro when you eat your greens, it's like a micronutrient grenade went off in your stomach. As far as the amounts of, of nutrients there, it's staggering. It's, pretty damn good who's the rays ryan says rays rays yeah it's uh and i i you know we're doing the podcast here there the game will start in about nine minutes but who's counting um i will be watching again tonight because kershaw's 
pitching for the Dodgers. See, I've got this long thing with the Dodgers because they were in Colorado, Colorado Rockies division. So I'm not necessarily against them. I just love good baseball. This is a hell of a series. All right. Lawrence says, um, wow, we got a lot of nutrition stuff. This is like the nutrition episode. Uh, I know I asked this question on drugs and stuff, but he wanted to ask it here too. Apparently I find it odd. My appetite suddenly just disappeared, maybe related to cortisol or something. I don't know. Uh, for a long time, uh, as I could, for as long as I could remember, I've struggled with intense hunger. I've always thought I had a big appetite. Um, I'm talking all you can eat steakhouse and hungry again two hours later. I was diagnosed with low test three years ago and was prescribed Clomid, which really did not work. I started injecting test 100 milligrams a week and bam, my hunger is gone. I'm three months in and I'm never hungry. I have to track my calories to make sure I'm eating enough. I never used AAS before TRT. Is this possibly a thing? Uh, is TRT killing me? Check your estrogen. Yeah, you know, everything comes I, back to hormones. There's a million yeah. things here. Is yeah. it, I mean, don't you think, Scott? There's a well, million there's a things. things. So, you know, obviously there's some effect, could be some effects on his thyroid. Um, but, you know, a lot of people need a high estrogen. They retain a lot of water. So, you're, you know, you internally retain water. You know, obviously you can lose some of that hunger. But you might want to, I'd tell him to get, his, if, he, if he swung that far, I'd tell him to get some panels and see what's up and definitely get his uh, thyroid checked. It's nice that your brain went directly to drugs. I'm going to take a different approach here. Okay. Um, because I'm not, you know, I'm not a drug addict. I am a professional drug user. But uh, <laughs> so I guess I'm contradicting myself. <clears throat> I'm going to go at it this way. I'm, I'm wondering, as I think out loud here, if he was overtrained, then started the testosterone, and it helped with recovery because hunger plays a big part. Uh, in overtraining, you know, as well. And I'm really what I'm doing, even though I'm picking at you, S2H, because that's what I'm paid for. Uh, I'm trying to go the other route. And well, it's still it's still possible. I just, you went it's, to it's the not side possible. of drugs. Keep going. Keep going. Well, of course it's possible. No, it's not. Reco recovery and overtraining uh, typically will bury, uh, a lot of times will bury your hunger. Unless you're in a you know calorically restricted state and you're just flat out starving, but in the off season, if you're overtrained and you have you're in any kind of surplus at all, your hunger can go to shit very very quickly. Now, I don't know that TRT you know reverse that. I don't know if that's his situation, but I would look at it and see because if he was overtrained and now his recovery is so much better, he's not overtrained, and that would explain the hunger coming back. Um, everything ties into hormones, you know it. it some point i mean the, the hormones play i was even you know main things were racing through my head because i was even thinking you know leptin levels and things like that because anytime hunger is an issue there's a shift with leptin and it, that that can could go on for two episodes um but i would look you at should, the recovery you should be able to watch the trt video and get all the answers well, he just he's watching. He wouldn't have to watch the podcast if he just <laughs> followed me, and he would have all the answers to everything. But, but it's a good thing that we have listeners, so let's not chastise him for that. I'll go to a, I'll go to a drug <laughs> question. Here. Isn't it funny how I know that he's taking a shot at me, and I divert it somehow? <laughs> I know it just pisses him off because he's like, "That's not really what I was saying." Let me ask you a question, though, Scott, real quick. Why? Because this is new software. Why do only some of the questions come up, but not all of them? Because I just see Ryan Charles just came up, but the other one didn't. Because we take, um, because I prepare ahead of time for the show, Skip. 
and I post a thread. This is actually really good information for anybody who wants to ask questions on the shows. Uh, of course, like I said, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can comment on the on the YouTube comments. Otherwise, if you join the advices group, I usually post a thread before the show, and I take those questions off of that thread. So this is a separate thread where I've gathered gotcha. all the questions. But we still have people chiming in, like Ryan, and he says, uh, thoughts on if income limited eight IUs of GH in the off season is there much benefit to adding uh, MK outside of utilizing uh, for the increase in appetite? Scott, eight IUs saying, a day. Yes, he's saying eight IUs of GH plus. Okay. I, I, I don't know see, if he's saying that see. or. Go ahead. Or go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know if he's saying that or if he's saying eight IUs versus the MK because of an income limitation. I'm not real sure and because this is real time which i love that these comments come up now i fucking love this and, and cool. i can look at him i can look at him and go oh that's it's ryan charles and that's what he looks like yeah. um <laughs> so if if he could uh kind of a, if he could elaborate that would help i think he's comparing the two based on limited funds for no no, no he says in addition Oh, no, that was additional. I stand corrected, right? That's a lot of growth. Man, I, I'm so poor, I can only afford eight units of growth a day. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, Sarah Sims, too, make it, make it even more. That's a pound Go of crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. No, I, I, I mean, we talked about this before. I, I, don't, I don't think you're getting your money's worth out of eight I use of growth a day. I think you're, you're not getting a good return. Your, your ROI is not great on that. Um, I'm still going to stick to about three I used every other day. I don't really see where I think that the the higher GH uh, doses have been proven that they're just there's not enough bang for the buck in them. Um, I wouldn't even do that now. If you're going to take MK with growth, that's just a waste of money buying the MK. You know? I agree with that completely. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's not going to do any. I mean you're not going to pull. You're you're, you're not going to naturally pulse more growth when you're on exogenous growth hormone. Yeah. So I don't see any use in that, but. I, right. you know, it's your decision. Use, save the MK and use it in between growth cycles. Yep. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. 8IU, yeah. You know, we talked uh, on the other program that we do drugs and stuff. I think I told you guys, Dave Crossland, and I asked him about it on the show. He ran, like, I want to say it was like 25, 30 units of farm grade growth. It's a lot, dude. And he used his income. He told us this on the show from the under construction documentaries. Like he made that money and he's like, okay, I'm going to invest this into growth because they, everybody had always said, you know, what's the limit? The limit is how much can you afford? You know, I don't think that eight IU for the record. I don't, I don't think it's overkill. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I will agree with Scott that, you know, ROI, which is a good reference. I like that. I don't think that for most people, the cost to benefit would be there. I get that, but I don't think it's necessarily overkill. And I do think that if you're not sure that growth works, go with a higher dosage find for four, out. five, six months and find out right away. Because if you're not going to respond to a higher dose like eight IU, you're damn sure not going to get anything out of anything less. Well, Crossland said he didn't. Crossland yeah. said like to him, it was a waste to have spent right. all that. And now he says, you know, keep it low three units or so. I mean, I, says, I had a guy that was taking day. 20, that was taking 20 a day and he comes in, he's like, dude, my fingers are so stiff. I go, well, no one's judging your fucking fingers. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, did it make a difference? I mean, yeah, I guess a sum, but I mean, for the amount of money you're spending, I just don't have never seen anybody get the ROI return on investment or you spend a ton of money to just go take some more tests, you know, yeah. or something because I just don't see it. Tanya chimed back in just to, to, to clear this up for anybody who's wondering why Skip is so amused by seeing the comments. Yes, I am you, too. You guys have always seen the comments. Skip and S2H have not because of the software that we've used. So I've been able to portal them in a new way. So now they're seeing, usually what they see is just like a Skype window. Now they're in my software here and they're seeing the same stuff that I see. So when I pop, right. pop a comment up, he, he, these guys can see it too. But yeah, you guys have always been able to see him. Um, let's see. We'll get back into some other stuff here. What else do we have here? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So this was from a listener, Samir. He said um, he was going to ask this on drugs and stuff. And I said, uh, this would be a good place for it. Blood, sweat, gear. We're recording it today. Um, this is kind of a fun one. Uh, he was wondering if this topic was covered anywhere. And I said, no, not really. Uh, the topic of how muscular and strong one can get naturally with proper nutrition and exercise. He's saying versus going to gear. He's wondering, you know, how far can you take it naturally? Of course, this is going to be different for everyone. DNA. But how can how can we how can we discuss this? How can we kind of answer this for him in a in a a general way that applies to it everyone? It never take you as far as gear, yeah. even if you're genetically superior. Now. It really, it comes down to your genetic predisposition. The more gifted you are, the further you can go without it. I've got a client right now that's about three weeks out from a show who looks retarded and hasn't touched a damn thing. It's just great. And he's going to compete and beat. Uh, he could potentially he'll probably come out with a pro card being natural and not doing it in a natural show. Hmm. That's unheard of. That's um, He doesn't have you know the size of... Phil Heath, but at the same time, he's going to compete at the high end of the heavies being natural, and he's put together very, very well. It's the exception to the rule. Hmm. So here's how I would answer his situation. You're a lot of this type of question you're not going to know until you just do it and see how far you can go. I know that that sucks to hear, and that's not the answer he's looking for. But gear, no matter what level you're on, unless you just have shitty genetics and you're not going, there are some people who just don't respond very well to gear, and they're genetically so, I want to say this you know, nicely, but there are those people who will do everything right. They will take the right gear. They stayed natural for you know a long time, and then they take the right gear, and they might even take higher dosage, and they're still not going to walk down the street and have someone say, "Wow, that guy's that guy. He looks you know he's he's a badass. He trains. He's big. Things he looks like, like he takes steroids." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's it's for some people for that small percentage of people, it's not going to happen. But you're not going to know until you. I don't know how to say go all in, but, um, you know, until you play your hand, it's, it's a poker hand. It just is what it is. You can, if you're dealt an ace King and you're sitting next to the guy that has suited connectors, you know, you still got the, you, know, you got the flop, you got the, you got it. You got to play it all out. Turn. See where you go. Yeah. I didn't want to run through it. I thought I might bore him. I think you got to look at if you're, if you're natural and you, and you really want to look at it objectively, you probably need another set of eyes to look at you and go, hey, 
somebody maybe has known you for a while that works out, you go, hey, man, am I, am I getting bigger? And they can honestly tell you, you look about the same. You know, the scale's not going to lie to you either. So that can tell you. I mean, most of your people that get really big and have really freaky physiques that are natural have low myostatin levels. I mean, there's been people tested for it that had some pretty freaky physiques. Um, that's really the, you know, and that's in your DNA. So it's person to person dependent. But I think if you want to be honest with yourself, you need to ask somebody who knows you. Say, hey, I've been training hard for two years. How do I look different? Then, pictures. You know, I think pictures, yeah, pictures. helped for gauging progress. But let's say, you know, I, I mean, I, I can say for my own, my own case, like I wasn't a very genetically gifted person naturally. But let's say I gained, you know, I could say a lot of people, this is going to be like the, a very generic statement. I would say a lot of people with average white boy genetics like myself could gain 15, 20 pounds. And I'm not saying of pure muscle, but could gain 15, 20 pounds after a few years of really pushing the food and really training their ass off and being progressive with the weight and all that. You could probably put on 15 pounds without without touching gear and then after you tap out whatever that genetic you know whatever your your newbie gains are going to be let's say it's 15 let's say it's seven after the first couple of years let's say it's it's 20 i don't know everybody's going to be different probably and your height's going to probably matter too but um after that then you know one pound two pounds you know average person i've talked to a lot of people who compete naturally like vj uh my co-host for bodybuilding nerds radio he had said like for him after he had you know kind of built a physique he was lucky to be one pound heavier every year on the scale when he stepped on on the stage and like that's that's a good growth for a natural an average natural guy so it's not going to be huge you know i think the no, exception not- to that is, is the people that start lifting when they're like 14 or 15 because your natural testosterone levels are high when you're a teenager mm, yeah. and you'll you'll get better gains uh in that probably 14 to 19, 20 year old range. And you're going to get, if you start when you're 35 by far, let me make this even more, or I'm sorry, make this even less black and white though. And I understand that we have, we're trying to answer it in black and white. So I'm not knocking you guys for that. I get it. Some people can put on 20 pounds of muscle and they really don't look much different. (laughs) That's true too. You know, I, I mean, that's the truth of it. I've even seen it on stage. They can go up 20 pounds in stage weight in five, six years, and you look at them, and it's just really not that obvious. And then you look at someone else who puts on 20 pounds, and you're like, oh, my God, that's a big difference. And I don't even know if it's really <clears throat> genetics. because I've seen people with really good genetics who don't, you know, they, they go up to the next weight class, and they're at the top of the weight class versus being at the top of the weight class prior and I don't want to mention any names, but I can think of some some pros that have done that. And it's just not not that much of a difference. It's not like what you would expect. You, I, I would expect when someone says they've gained 20 pounds of stage weight like, for me to shit. go, oh, shit, yeah. like jaw dropping. Because to some people it will. So this is my answer that is gray and will not sit well with a lot of people. But the truth is, is a lot of this comes down to how pretty you are and the, the overall look versus yeah. their who can come into shows and look bigger they can look 10 pounds bigger and they've only gained three pounds yeah yeah there's there's a lot of variables here so uh, when push comes to shove i always tell people and i understand everybody wants to know when i was younger i want to know how big i could get how quick i could get that size everything else i get that i can completely relate at the same time 
you just you gotta you just gotta play your hand man you just if you're invested and if you're passionate about it and here's the thing you you can't be passionate about the end passionate about the journey itself you have to enjoy i know it's oh, i'm all over the place with the thing um but it's you have to enjoy the journey you have to enjoy the training to where it's not laborious it's not uh uh you don't feel like it's obligatory like oh my god i've got to train you have to enjoy the process and time will go much quicker that way if you yeah. actually enjoy what you're doing so and 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 i'm gonna even say this and and it's not a straight across the board but a lot of the people who ask about things that are related to time whether it be um and this is kind of a spinoff of shelby's post um within the last few days i don't know if you saw it but he mm -hmm. took quite a bit of heat because he really? posted something yeah, i'm paraphrasing but he posted something a meme basically saying if you're always asking about how long it takes someone like the people who respond to before and after pictures, well, how long did that take? What was the time frame? He was basically saying, if those, if you're the one asking those questions, then you're you're not you're not made for this sport. That's not because he was basically making the point hmm. that you're locked into how much time it's gonna take instead of just playing your hand and digging in and doing the best you can do with you, because that's really all we're doing in the end I, I i can understand the curiosity you know how long but but if he, i thought he made a good point and boy did he catch a lot of fucking heat like a lot yeah okay i i think that you know what though playing your hand that's what matt marshall had chimed in and said too and it got me thinking because like and that goes with even if you're taking gear because at the end of the day you know what you 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 may be able to do better but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to become pro. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a super heavyweight physique even, you know. But so. that's more the mentality. I mean, I hate to sound old, but, you know, 20, 25 years ago, we weren't asking, well, how long before I'm huge? And you just, you knew that it was a long, arduous process. And you, you just didn't, I think there's a lot of people these days who might not enjoy the process as much and they want the end result. They want the pro card, they want the physique, but they don't enjoy what it takes to get there. And yeah. I think that that was Shelby's point that the people who ask about the time frames and stuff tend to be more focused on the end result I instead of the process. Well, it's a societal thing too. Everybody wants things faster and faster. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's see what else we have here. This is from Rob. He says, uh, different bit of a question about getting ready for your first show or how, or any show, how important is your posing music? Oh, that's kind of cool. Should you invest uh, in a professional mix or just come up with your own thing? I know Rob was just at Central States. He's local here, and he was he was giving me the, the rundown on how the show went, so... He's probably got competing on his mind after visiting Central States. Sure. You want it, Scott? Uh, you know, I think posing music, you don't want to look, I mean, first of all, you don't want to, you don't want to look completely just out of sync. So you're playing something that doesn't fit your personality, your posing routine, or you're just, you know, you look like you got two left feet. I, I don't think, I mean, I know posing music doesn't make a difference in your placement, Yeah. but the routine that you, that if let's say two people are really tight in a class, really tight, posing makes a huge difference. If one person can pose well and the other one can't, you know, that could make the difference. Or some people can pose them way, pose their way into placements. They're really good posers. So I think you have to have a, a, 
uh, music that flows well with whatever your routine is and um, uh, works well for you know your personality because that can be the difference between a placement if everything's really tight. But posing itself is super important. Andrew Nolan. I mean, he just, I saw his comment and made a very good point right there. Uh, I'll say this. I completely disagree. And that's not taking a what shot he, at you. What did he say? No, I, I don't he... disagree with Andrew. No, no, no. I don't disagree oh. with Andrew. I just disagree with S2H. Oh. And, and here, oh. Here's what I'm going to say. The the individual posing routine in, in some states, especially in the state of Colorado, doesn't even happen because it, it number one, it wastes time during prejudging because you're not being compared to someone. Um, and it also isn't counted in the judging anyway, so why do it? it here's where it will pay off, because, and I'm taking into consideration, he said this was his first show. If you're at the national level or you're you know, closing in on turning pro, you want to leave no stone unturned. Yeah. Presentation, is, because at that level, you're, every little thing matters. And yeah. Things that the judges can't even tell you. I may look at someone, and I'm, I'm using this as an arbitrary example, but I may look at someone, and because I have a subconscious uh, affinity for women with darker hair than someone with blonde hair, that could play into my decision being a bias that I'm not even aware of. Short hair, long hair, the color of their, their, their posing suit, Things like that. I don't like dancey, you know, over melodramatic movements, uh, you know, when it comes to bodybuilding or any of the divisions for that matter. So that could play into what I'm doing. There are things that matter at that level, but at the lower levels, you're not judged on that posing routine. What you need to focus on is at that level, at the lower levels. And when I say the lower levels, the local, the state, even regional levels, unless they're just massive regional shows, is you need to focus on your mandatories, mm. especially your quarter turns, because the large majority of the um, judging is done before you ever hit a mandatory. It's during the quarter turns. As a judge, you're already getting your top five. You may change it, but you're getting your top five during quarter turns. Why? Mm. Because the, you can tell anybody with a really good eye. And I know there's a lot of people out there going, oh, I've got a really good eye. I know exactly. Yeah, you probably don't because you have to see thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of physiques, not in magazines, not online, but in front of them from the judging panel and know what to look for, know how to put it together. That's why questions like, well, my chest was bigger than his and my chest, back and arms. It's not about that. It's about an overall look that cannot be, ex really, it can't be explained very easily. It's very subjective. So master your mandatories. First, the quarter turns, master them, and then master your mandatories. The only way that a posing routine can lose a show for you or, or go against you is if because even if you have a great physique and a shitty posing routine, you're not going to lose <laughs> if if it's that dramatically obvious that you're better than the other competitors. Where you can lose out on is as it gets closer, like maybe you're in the overall or something like that. You're going to have you know the judges may go, wow, you know his posing routine was awesome, even though it's not supposed to play into the judging. It can subconsciously. But you just said because, the posing routine doesn't matter, so how does it matter now? I'm not there. I'm not finished yet. I just you said, said it's it not, you're not listening. That's the thing. Okay. Uh, well, I said, I'm it doesn't, well, I, okay. But in fairness, it's, it, it can, I get irritated because 
I'm explaining why it doesn't matter. And I just said, it doesn't matter because you're not judged on it. You're not judged on it in the overall, right? I mean, those are, you're not judged on it in the overall. But if the, the judges recall, oh my God, his posing routine was so awesome. That's a subconscious play that they sure. may not even be consciously aware of that they're going to have a bias and it's going to go in your favor. That could play into an overall in a, in a, as a bias in a subconscious way. Is that likely to happen? It's incredibly, it's not likely to happen. At the higher levels, the posing routine completely matters. You're just mad because I disagreed with you. I'm just listening to you contradict yourself from what you said at the start. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. If anybody listening thinks I contradicted myself, I want to hear from them, in all honesty, and then I'll apologize. Well, they're, they're not yeah. very smart. You already told them that because they can't judge oh. people doing quarter turns. So, oh. you know. That, that's a, I like that. Then that's fair. What I said was, though, to clarify, is there are a lot of people, and I make no apologies for this. There's a lot of people in our industry who think they're better at what they do than they are. And that, that is where you get the arguments of, like, they don't see their biases. They don't see the biases in their friends. They don't see the bias in their clients. And they don't see the bias in their favorite, you know, I like Kai more than Phil. And he's the real Mr. Olympia. Those are the people I'm talking about. So I appreciate you bringing that up so that I can clarify because I'm in no way saying that any of the listeners are stupid. But I will agree with you on one thing. Quarter turns <laughs> are the most important thing. Sure. And then the front double bicep after that, right? Uh, I would that's, say a, the, that's the, the first post. Well, that's the first post. So I think I would, there's probably something to that because as the mandatories go by, as they you get deeper into them, you're probably more solidified in who you think is better. So then it would take more to pull you away from from your decision, I guess, in a sense. That's I, that's I, there's probably something to that. Here's what I've heard is because you use those quarter turns to pick everyone out, and then you're like, okay, yeah, we want you know these five people or whatever for the first call out. Mm -hmm. Then they say yeah. you know front double bicep. And then and when they, you're in the crowd, when they do the front double bicep, what's the first thing guys look at that compete? Who's got gyno? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you ever notice that? You're like, did you see that dude's gyno? Yeah. Hey, you yeah. know what else I can do? Uh, tell me if you guys can see this. I think you will be able to. We just mentioned Shelby. I have a picture of him on my desktop. Let me see if that. That's that show up? Got it. That's the Shelby. Check that the out. The Shelbster. He was a few weeks out from uh, Chicago Pro. One of the I can't remember what year. I want to say it was probably like thirteen, maybe. I was thinking that that wasn't current because his um, his cranial um, vascular, yeah, yeah vascularity has subsided a little bit. Yeah. Recently. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, that was Rob. Oh, okay. Scott, did you check out that link I sent you? Thank you, ma'am. Hey, uh, okay. Miss Velcar, would you mind grabbing me one of these? What? She's there? Yeah. She's there. Victoria, no. do you want to join us on the show? She's like all getting ready for bed. So, Well, she yeah. can't show her face because the Canadian authorities would be looking for her. <laughs> right, <the> right. <laughs> Ice agent busted the door. Exactly, Let's see here. Yeah. Okay, so this is an S2H question. This is a it's a pro hormone, but it's a pro hormone stack of some type. And get this, oh, it's put into an injectable form. So I sent you that link earlier, I think, Scott. Uh, how does Trenovar? I, I didn't open it, but go ahead. Oh, thanks. Thanks for so I take the time 
to get the link, go to that stupid signal program that you like to use because like you can't text on regular text. Find you. I'll try my best to answer it. Okay. He says, how does Trenovar compare to Tren in function and impact on health markers and side effects? Come on, Trenovar, the pro-hormone? Yes. The link that I sent you. Well, I didn't look at it, but I'll, I think I know the answer. So, thank you, ma'am. Trina, actually, I'll give you a little history on this because I kind of maybe was involved in that industry for a while. So, Trenovar, an oral pH for Trenbolone was attempted multiple times, and the problem they had was trying to get it to to convert. So, somebody at some point, if it's, if what you're talking about, at the seventeenth position where Trenbolone is a 17 hydroxy. They made it a 17 diamond, so it's an oral. Um, so it can convert through uh, the hydrogen in the liver when it converts. Um, the problem with Trenovar, if I remember, it's pretty. It's 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 pretty hard on you. I mean, it's pretty. It's really androgenic. I think it's been banned, if I'm not mistaken, by now. Probably has been. It's being sold oh, yeah. by a research company as an injectable. So I'm going to guess it, that sounds well, pretty it, it, gray area. Okay. Trenovar as an injectable would be Trenbolone. There's no way other way around it. Really? Yeah. So Trenovar as an injectable is Trenbolone. But did you say that they methylated it or something? It's not. It was non-methylated as a pH. They at the seventeenth. Uh, I think yeah. At the seventeenth, they took the so if you looked at the chemical formula of Trenbolone, it's seventeen hydroxy, and Trenovar would be 17 dione, D I O N E. And that made, that's why it was considered a pro hormone because it actually it was an analog. It actually wasn't a steroid. Mm. And it would convert when it went through the liver. The problem with a Trenovar and a lot of them is, is everything's happening in the liver. So you got some, you got some liver stress. If I remember Trenovar, I want to say like 120 milligrams is a lot. I, guys started using it pre workout because it'd make you pretty aggressive. It'll mm. raise your blood pressure for sure. If you got blood pressure issues, you want to avoid Trenovar. But if it's in an injectable form, then it's Trenbolone. Okay. You know, I mean, that's I, maybe they're, who knows, of research companies, they could just be advertising as Trenovar. But I'll bet you it's banned if you look it up. I would imagine. Like 2014, I said. 15, 16, somewhere around there, when they banned them all, it fell in there because it, it, got, it got dropped like everything else. I have a feeling this one isn't going to be in either of your wheelhouse. Uh, this is from Dave Callick, which we got to get Dave back on the show. Yeah, He's been Dave. kicking a bunch of ass. I, I think Skip I told you, I think I told you, Skip, when you were gone, Dave Callick sat in and him and S2H got a lot. Like, they, I don't think they had had like one on one time before, but they got along really well. They, they did very good together. Well, that's why I can't take a break from the show anymore because I don't want to be replaced. <laughs> well, I mean, Dave did, we, Dave did one on one show. Skip and I have been on like, I don't know, 500 maybe. <laughs> right, so, exactly. Like exactly. I can read Skip's mind. When he goes on these 35 minute rants, I actually can figure out what you he's gonna done say. It. You could have done it for him, huh? <laughs> yeah. I know what's coming. I realize too, this is the oldest running bodybuilding QA podcast. No kidding. Yeah. Currently or ever? Uh, currently. Possibly huh. ever. No, I don't know. Well, because Dave you guys, Colombo. I mean, we've been out. Well, they're not a Q&A podcast. They, they used to have one, though. They used to have Ask Dave as part of it, yeah, but they I'll took that out. So, yeah, we've been out 
for about six years now. And you guys, yeah, you guys had been out for uh, a good, you know, three years before that. So you guys have been doing Q and A bodybuilding podcasts for a, you know, close to a decade. So I just figured oh, I'd throw that out there. Dave Kellogg's question, though, like I said, not in your wheelhouse. Hold on, I just I got a tear right here. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I know exactly. Do it's like you my think it's a little high? Go ahead. Do you think Rain in Blood? is still to this day the best fast thrash album ever recorded. <laughs> I expect that. You didn't even have to tell me that was a Dave Kalick uh, question. I would right. have known that. Right, right. See, it's gonna, this one's going to have to defer to S2H because I am a country guy. I was country. But I, here's the thing. I'm not anymore. I, okay, and I'll say okay. this. I was we can keep doing the show. Moved to South Florida, and it, it what happened was country went crap. Basically, it went kind of too. Everything is pop. I think we just pop. lost some lost some Sam, subscribers. Sam Hunt, I know exactly. I'm not a Sam Hunt fan. Things like that. So I like older country, not Johnny Cash. Well, I like Johnny Cash, but I'm not saying that old '90s country. But anyway, I know like um, uh, Cuban South Florida music is fucking badass, like club music and shit. I like. Oh, but when shit. I when I yeah, when I train though, I listen. I'm old school GNR, uh, mm, you know, AC, things like that. Throwing a little TI and Eminem. But um, did you get the reference? Do you know that music? I don't know it. Even when Slayer. I was younger, I didn't follow it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't follow it when I was younger either. I would say it's a pretty good, pretty good track. I never okay. I never really got into the hard, hard thrash metal, but I would say Slayer. I mean, there's some really there's some shit out there you can't understand what they're doing. <laughs> I like Ma- I like I think Master of Puppets, Metallica. I wouldn't call that's that a good album. That's a pretty good album. That's a good album too. I like Slayer. I would say Rain and Blood is their best album. Though I don't listen to much rock anymore. I listen to dubstep when I'm training. To who? No kidding. It's called dubstep. It's a type of electronic music. Tanya, who's listening right now, watching right now, she's a dub fan. Um. I know what that Victoria is. doesn't. She likes some like lighter dub stuff, but she said that the her description is, it's like robots having sex and killing each other. That's, <laughs> that's the way she describes that's, that's it. True. That sounds that's good. good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It gets me real amped up. Yeah. Uh, we can listen to some GNR though. I'll, I'll when you come over to train skip. Like, yeah, there you go. Well, at least take us out today. You'll have to edit it in, but you have to take us out with some Slayer then. Just so, I can't you know. do that because then we oh, would. No, yeah, then they would like, de- you know, demonetize our channel and stuff. Oh, that's, hey, right. that's Skip, right. Do you ever hear a song you haven't heard in a long time? And you're like, damn. Like I heard uh, Boston more than a feeling on the radio the day. I hadn't heard it oh, so yeah. many years. That like, makes jamming. you feel older. I mean, no, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you haven't heard it in a long time. Like, you know, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, like Karma Chameleon or you know Mannequin, something like that. No, it's not Mannequin. Damn it, I fucked that up. It's mannequin. the theme from Mannequin, and I totally screwed it up. Forget it. Starship. Our listeners don't even know what Mannequin is right now. The movie Mannequin, I know, because it's it was an eighties thing. Uh, nothing's gonna stop us now. That's what I was trying to get at. Nothing's oh, gonna stop man. us now. We're going deep off topic here. Jason Wolf asks, "How many rolls of Copenhagen did Skip buy when he got injured?" I do not. <laughs> I do not chew Copenhagen anymore. I've been five can roll with a ten. I've been off cope for almost cope with a p for a little over four months. I use these 
Zen pouches because my client, I got to get it up here in the right. My client, one of my awesome clients turned me on to them. And so I still get my nicotine, but I don't get all the stuff that comes with it. And I really, I'm glad that I, that he turned me on to them because I wasn't even aware of them. And that's what I do now. Quitter. All I right. actually have a can and a half in my gym bag. It's probably bone dry by now of Copenhagen. <laughs> and, I, and it's there every day and I haven't touched it in four, four and a half months. As long as I get my nicotine, I'm good. Philip Breton, a client of mine, he says, um, I'm probably the only one to ask this. Is every is uh, everyone using Nair for hair removal prior to competitions, or is it just to help, uh, or is it just help from a significant friend doing the areas you can't shave for most? First of all, don't put Nair on your balls and you'll. God, I was just gonna. That's go the most there, important man. thing all day Second, that we've said. I'll, tell, I'll give you a serious note. Nair, gotta be careful because it, it can ration and and mess your skin up. Mm-hmm. So I, if somebody, when guys are going to shave, I'm like, dude, just start shaving like six, seven, eight weeks out, get used to it. Don't put an air on you. Cause I've seen people brash up on their shoulders and their, you know, when they try to get the hair off their back and then on their legs, but don't put it on your balls, whatever you do. You gotta, yeah, yeah you gotta I, condition your skin to it. Yeah. I didn't know if the formula had changed cause I haven't used it in 20 years, but I'll tell you what, it burnt, it yeah. burnt. And it also didn't take all the hair out. It came out kind of blotchy so you know it's funny that you say that about shaving six or seven weeks out i always and i'm being judgmental when i say this because it clearly it's an individual thing and it's up to that person but i always have said it if you're a bodybuilder just shave shave all the shave in the off season why are you not shaving any in the off season but i guess it's just an individual thing that i have done since i was um in high school check this out i i had my buddy bust me he was mad at me one time i had a best friend in high school you know how you have your bff and you go everywhere together you know that sort of thing and uh you know stay at each other's houses train together all that sort of shit anyway um we're sitting in class one day in history class or something and he takes a jab at me and i didn't appreciate it, it was just kind of shitty one you know the girls kind of laugh like <laughs> and i was like oh that's fucked up andy like why would you say that because i just threw him under the bus because i said andy but nobody will know who he is and he comes back to me and goes at least i don't shave my legs <laughs> and the whole, the whole class erupted and i just looked at him like and i was like like oh yeah nothing man, i don't even have a comeback i got nothing no. for that i got and i'm like you know i guess so but at 16 17 years old yeah yeah I'm like, yep, you got me. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Nair. I've used it before. Um, I think you do, when I was saying condition your skin, you have to condition your skin even to shaving. So for somebody oh, yeah, that is going to compete, I wouldn't just start, you know, like like S2H said, I'd start a ways out, get yourself used to it. Um, I found with my forearms, which I don't have my forearms real shaved right now, I have to, boom, hit a little, boom, there we go. Uh I have to use like um like a, a a shaver, not a razor, because if I shave to the skin, then I get a ton of ingrown hairs on my forearms. I always have, but it, I have like um it's like the Gillette body groomer, off season, which is all my life now. You know, like I'm not competing at the moment. For the last two years, I haven't competed, so I just use the Gillette body groomer, and that brings everything down to like to the level of the skin. So. And even though when I am contest prepping, I will use that on my arms because if I go completely gone, then I get all the ingrown hairs. If I use that, the, the, the shaver thing, it just takes it right up to the, you know, right up to the level. It's super short. You're not going to see it. 
I will tell I you this. Venus, Venus razors, the women's razors, they work way better. I'm using Harry's now. Harry's razors are cheap. They're uh, Matt Marshall, who's watching, he works with Gillette, the company that owns Gillette. And he was telling me, too, that Harry's is uh, they're, they're kind of they're they're revolutionizing shaving or, or they're, they're coming out with new products versus Gillette hasn't for a while. And he said they're doing but they're cheaper. The, the, they have like the five blade and they last a long time. They're high quality. Ooh, Matt Marshall gave me a shaving tip. Actually, he said uh, he said that hair doesn't make your razor dull. He said the oxygen does. So when you get it wet and then the 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 eight the water and then the air that's what makes your razor dull he said so every time you shave when you're done take a little rubbing alcohol and dump it on the blades uh, and then just you know set it down to dry and he said that that will prolong the life of your razors okay let me ask him well i can't ask him you can because he's watching he'll chime okay, in maybe he'll chime in i was actually told that it it was something along that lines but it was something like the build-up like it, it's almost um that the blades get dirty they don't necessarily they're not necessarily not as sharp mm. and that if you clean them that they'll last longer but i don't know how true that is i'm the outlier here apparently because i'm the one who buys the retardedly expensive ones because i'm just a little bitch when it comes to shaving and i want to shave really fast because i hate it about as much as i hate cardio and stretching and i don't know why but it just takes time and it's boring and i hate it yeah. so i i just buy the expensive gillette um, whatever they are, they're yellow. They have a yellow rubber thing on them. You'll yeah, like you know, I've looked at because I know in the past I, I I give you credit for this because the women's razors typically were better. I know when I was younger, probably you know in high school when I was razzed in front of the whole class and still have self esteem issues about it. Anyway, thanks Andy, you fucking right. <laughs> um, but I know I use them. Um, they're cheaper too. They're they're significantly no, they're expensive. Venus are expensive. Oh, okay, that may be the the exception then, because I know that I used to buy the cheaper ones when the kids were younger because I was trying to save money. And now that I don't have kids in the house, I guess they're killing me for college and weddings. But I uh, buy the expensive ones now just because they fucking work and that's just the way it goes. And you end up buying them. I don't know if you guys do this, but I end up buying them 10, 20 at a time. I yeah. tried to buy them online. Maybe Matt has something about this. I thought that they were dull when they got to me. <laughs> it's like they weren't the same quality or something. Like maybe someone to send us some razors. Back of his yeah. truck, or the side of his Astro van that only opens on one side because the thing is 1982. I don't know. S2H is over here trying to get free razors from Matt now. Yeah, I want some ball shaving razors. That would save some money. You, you know, we're sponsored by nutrition companies and everything else. We need to be sponsored by Gillette. We'd save more money. I'll pay for my protein. Skip will Run shave that. his head on the show. Skip will shave his head on the show. He's damn right. Run that by Gillette, Matt. Tell him that we do the steroid podcast. And then we, we, want some, we want some we free razors. And we need razors. <laughs> Here's what he says. He chimed in. All right. He says, uh, they will last longer from cleaning, but under a microscope, you can see that they become dull from the water oxidizing them. Gotcha. I use the right. Walmart brand Venus. Yeah, we need to just have Matt on the show. Lasers, I know, right? Yeah, It'll be like the way. shaving episode. S2H contract's coming up soon, isn't it? I mean, I'm not pushing you out. I'm just saying there's someone that could be more qualified. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Holy shit. He said, our sales are literally down over 70% in the past five years. Yeah. And that's probably because of Dollar Shave Club, which Tanya uses. And it's probably because of a sales, sales trend. We want razors. 
<laughs> right, well, I'm right, telling right. you what's going to happen, Matt. We're going to have to milk Matt for information because he's going to be fired within the next week or two because yeah. our reach, our viewership, is it's out there. And someone high up in Gillette could be watching the show right now, and Matt just hung himself. That's true. Or they're going to move him up. You know, they'll be like, damn, he knows more than we realized. You know, they put him in like a customer service position where he answers questions. And... All right. What else do we have here? Um, okay. This is Jake Radcliffe. He says, uh, I recently went on a trip to Punta Cana. He said, and experienced major feet and ankle swelling. First time I've ever had swelling like this. Although I know it happens to a lot of people when they travel. Uh, it still freaked me out. I don't normally drink alcohol much at all, but on occasions I like to. I like staying at an all-inclusive resort, and I like to do it while I'm there. But opted uh, to really restrict myself for the first few days and really limit my food selections for uh, the least salty foods available. As Skip knows, and I've talked about before, uh, I've been fighting blood pressure issues. Uh, he looks like he mentioned this on intense, on intense muscle, averaging 134 over 65, uh, but sometimes as high as 148 systolic. Uh, while sometimes, while something like this happens, I immediately start thinking the worst case scenario situations, renal failure from elevated BP for too long. Um, I've just been on lower doses of doctor prescribed 200 milligrams a sip uh, per week, uh, 200 milligrams per week for about five months now and have been lowering overall dosing for the past few years, um, less bloating and less cruise and lower cruise dosing. Uh, also been applying great advice every time you see da, 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 looking to see. Um, I've tried both low dose of I'm not sure this drug, amplodimine and lisinopril without much luck. Um, next, I'm thinking of doing a diuretic. S2H mentioned recently that diuretics can cause kidney issues, but I think he was saying that's just when people abuse it. Um, or unless you need I'm it. losing track of the question here. I am is too. He, is he, is he I, talking I, I about the flight get... and water retention or is he talking about blood pressure? I mean, he's I don't getting, know what he's Yeah, he's getting, he's, it's a very, he's got several paragraphs still here. So I'm not quite sure what the question is. Uh, my sister it's told me, I think it's the swelling. Yeah, my sister told me the swelling started happening to her around the age of 33 and was completely uh benign according to all the tests done my mom aunt and grandma all had swelling throughout their later years grandma has varicose veins i've noticed my limbs fall asleep and i get tingly much faster when in certain positions like sitting on the toilet as i've gotten older so maybe poor circulation is the reason uh anyways the swelling could subside so i guess yeah i guess that's what he's going at here uh I could have written that about myself, the whole thing. Yeah. Even the Lucinopril, because I can tell you something on that too. So go ahead, Skip, though. You start. Well, I don't know what exactly the question I mean, I know I've had an I don't know the question before, either. Because I mean, it started out with the flight, and that's what I thought he was getting at. So I wasn't well, really sure. So I'm going to guess he's wondering why is this swelling happening to him? I know why. Why? Well, one of the reasons is, first of all, he went on a vacation to Mexico and, uh, when you when you introduce heat, sun, salt water, drinking, 
and and eating you know out of your routine probably mostly high sodium food in mexico you know you're gonna you're gonna have problems flushing and you're gonna retain water and a lot of times it goes to your ankles but he said he was on losinopril i would say if you have a, a hypertension issue that's in your family you need to talk to your doctor about if you possibly have a arterial renal stenosis which would be a good indicator and lisinopril does not work for that because my doctor took me off something that they discontinued because I have that same problem in my kidneys, it's hereditary, and put me on lisinopril and I went in for a visit and my blood pressure was 168 over 142. Damn. And they're like, oh, I don't think that's the right drug. I'm like, well, you think so, buddy? Because I'm like stroke level standing here in front of you. So, but yeah, you, when you mix salt water, sun, heat, drinking, alcohol is a diuretic and you if you want like even a, a normal clean diet a normal diet you don't eat a bunch of mexican food drink yeah you're gonna you're, you're gonna hold water it's gonna go to your ankles a lot of times yeah i could see that yeah i'm not quite sure of the question there but do you think do you, do you get more sensitive to stuff like this as you age because here's what i can tell you here's some differences of me in my 40s versus me in my 30s using gear uh I don't feel like my hematocrit used to get quite as high as it does now. Although I didn't quite check my hematocrit as much as I do now either. Uh, my my blood pressure would always get screwed up if I was getting really heavy. But I'll also say my, um, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? My appetite gets much more suppressed if I use orals. So I'm seeing differences now as I age. And that's obviously I'm pointing gear stuff out. But could it be an age thing? Is that something, Scott? Or no, you don't. It's hard to say. It could be, but it sounds to me like what he explained about his sister and stuff that, you know, it could be a hereditary, hereditary issue with the blood pressure. And a lot of times it's a kidney renal issue. And a lot of times these doctors just go, oh, here's a blood pressure medicine and they throw you on it. But the thing about diuretics are if you have arterial renal stenosis, you should be on a on a uh, blood pressure medication that has a small amount of HCTZ in it. So that's generally the combination that they use to open up those arteries so your kidneys flow and function well so you're not getting backed up and uh, not filtering everything properly and um so i would i would look into that i mean it's uh i mean the stuff that happened to him has happened to me before okay and it, you know some of it's the vacation stuff and getting out of hand but uh, when i sit on the can my legs go numb but i think that's my back more than anything all right um so another one about hunger since not everyone is a big eater what helps i mean ghrp6 and cjc 1295 awesome since they make you eat the chairs uh lol english is not his first language but i get he's making a joke there, like eat a horse you know um but can't really can you can't really depend on this for your appetite overall can you no no, it really comes down to, and it's the reason that I quit chasing, one of the reasons that I quit chasing the size and forcing, trying to force size with eating back in 2012 was just because it got to the point where I didn't enjoy it anymore. It, the reality is, is eating and especially eating for size, I think eating for size is harder than getting lean and being hungry. I'd rather be hungry than stuffed and miserable and gassy and you know, it got to the point where I didn't want to go out. I'd either have to take a shit every, you know, hour or I'd have to, I'd have gas and I couldn't bend over to get to my shoes because of distension, not even, you know, my gut as far as body fat or anything like that. But it was just, that was just distension and, you know, it'd take 40 minutes to eat a meal. But that's, 
part of the, you know, and there's a lot of different tangents here. I'll try not to get off on one. But again, it comes back to that forcing food for size that we started back in the 90s. And it does work. And that's why it's been so popular. But, you know, guys didn't force eat, force food, um, you know, as, as bad. It wasn't as popular prior to that. They would make sure that they're, you know, that they're, they'd, they'd make sure their training was how it was supposed to be. They were recovering yeah. and they would take drugs. And that's how they got big that's why there's all these distended stomachs from you know uh, the guys like myself who can be lean and still have to battle distension because the older you get the longer you go at it and you've been forcing food for so long for size that it it ends up playing out and it's not a very it can be a not not a very pretty look ask dave palumbo i mean it's that type of look so yeah it's one of those things it's either you know i hate to say it but it's like careful what you wish for you want to be big and that's what it takes and it's going to take a good amount of eating and it sucks balls and there's really no way around it's almost i put this question up there and this isn't a shot at the guy asking the question but Mm -hmm. i put it up there as kind of like how do i make my food taste better because i'm eating so much food uh you can put ketchup on it i mean i outside of making it like how are you you just have to choke it down i mean it sucks it and you're going to do that six seven times a day uh every week every month for as long as you want to get huge that's bitch up but it sucks i i get it yeah I, i've never been i've never been a big eater um and one of the things i used to do is and i've had people i've worked with do this i call it the grazing diet so okay. you kind of just eat as you go a little bit at a time and i i mean i had one guy i used to have him carrying a bag of almonds he would just munch them as he'd go and then his meal sizes were smaller more in free uh, more frequent but not you know not as big and he the diet was set up to where he you know if he had a meal in a container, he could eat a half of it, and then he could wait 30 or 45 minutes, eat another quarter of it. And I call it the grazing diet. And uh, it worked pretty good because, you know, when people just, they don't have a really big appetite or they struggle to get any kind of volume of food down, you can still just kind of periodically, and it depends on your lifestyle and how you can do it, but, you know, it's grazed through the day. I was a small portion eater. Uh, like my, my mom raised me to be real conservative we didn't eat a lot of food when I was a kid growing up and it is interesting because I talked to Nick Walker when he was going into North Americans and he was the opposite. He had like the, the Jersey Italian mom, you know, grandma who's just like tons and tons of food and eat, eat more, you know, you look hungry, you know, I think that that's a factor for me. Um, so appetite has never been something that's, that, that that's really been big. You know, when I am hungry, when I'm dieting, when I'm dieting, I can freaking grow too. I I feel like I've made good progress when my insulin sensitivity is high, when I'm not necessarily just like shoveling, 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 but I'm paying attention to what I'm doing. I'm eating clean. I keep if I keep the fat slower, that's a big factor for me. I can and I've seen that with some of my clients too. High protein, high carbs, low fats. And when you pull those fats out, man, you can get somebody eating, you know, like a cup of rice every meal and they're starving. They're starving. And then you can add more and then you can add more. And you don't do it overnight, but you you build it up. But pull those fats out. And let me tell you, man, I am freaking ravenous no matter how much I eat. Protein and carbs itself is not satisfying. So that's one thing. Cardio. You guys have talked about that on the show before. You know, you want to spike your appetite up, do a little bit of cardio. And what about... You know what Dave Crossland suggested to me as I'm growing? He was like, you need to get a couple sessions a weekend of some high-intensity cardio. Like, he wanted me to do, like, stuff I'm probably not going to do, like, 
you know, like hit things with a sledgehammer or whatever, you know, like things where you really get your heart rate up some type of like almost like a hit cardio probably. Right, he was like, right. do that a couple times a week. And he was like, you're going to keep your conditioning up. And he's like, and that'll help your appetite as well. Cardiovascular wise is good for you too. Yeah. Yeah. So just a couple things outside of the drugs that I can think of. Um, let's see. Casey Reed. He says, uh, length or girth, which one is uh, better and why? Girth. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even matt marshall <laughs> said it's more about the overall taste and mouthfeel <laughs> oh, okay man matt marshall, we, want ra- we want our razors i don't care about anything else we want our razors matt marshall <laughs> okay uh let's see here um let's say you run a low dose of sustenon and a bit of deca can it actually help with reinforcing your immune system um, or hinder it amidst all the pandemic situations. Some articles um, I saw would suggest that test can boost your immune system. Yeah, there's there's conflicting there's conflicting uh, uh, data on that. I mean, as far as the pandemic goes, just wash your hands and don't like cough in someone's mouth or let them cough in your mouth. And, you know, but I think as far as the immune system goes, I would. Unless you're just on a shit ton of gear, if you were really concerned about your immune system, there's a few things that I wouldn't do, and these are just off the top of my head. I would not dramatically change my cycle because even coming off could have some Mm. type of an impact on your immune system. I would not want to overtrain. That can have a pretty dramatic impact on your uh, immune system as well. Um, I'd make sure your vitamin D is high. That's a huge uh, immune system booster, and I would not get sunburnt. Little things like that, uh, they they can start a cascade of of issues, and you just you don't want to be fucking with your immune system right now. And uh, stay out of third world countries too. Yeah, Yeah, there are those obvious ones. Yeah, growth hormone that will increase your immune system. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, starting, I would even wonder, I, I you know, because the first thing I thought of when you were talking was like test flu. You know, why does that happen? Is it is it because it impacts the immune system? Yeah. And I'm asking because I it, honestly yeah, don't know. Yeah, your body it reads impact, it as like a foreign invader. And that's basically. how I would think it to it, take yeah. it as well. So, um, you know, being on a ton of gear during the pandemic is probably uh and and i was i make no bones about it i was pretty vocal about it um it was a concern of, of mine and i wanted to make sure that i wasn't overtrained and was trying to make sure that you know i didn't do anything else i was already taking felt like i was taking a risk at that time and, and i knew that the closer i got to the shows that i would be even at more risk because you just open yourself up when you're you know, the leaner you get and, and your immune system is typically going to be in the toilet coming off of shows. A lot of people will get very, very sick coming off shows, even without any type of pandemic or flu season going on. Bronchitis is common. I don't know if it's common, but it's, it happens more frequently than a lot of people think. I got shingles years ago. Shingles is, is, is certainly not uncommon to get. And, you know, anytime you get shingles and I think I was 34 or 35 at the time, you know, there is no reason for my immune system to be that fucked up doing a well, show. Plus, you're, plus, when you go to a show, you're in close proximity to a bunch of other people, too. Right. With no clothes mm-hmm. on. So, Ooh. yeah. 
We got to avoid swing, swinger clubs, you know, things like that. That's going to put you in close proximity with, with a lot of people as well. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. This is going to be an interesting question because the reason I'm excited, it's not a question we've ever done before, ever. Wanting to do a show, but super nervous to be on stage. Any suggestions? Mm, drink a glass like of red that. wine before you go on stage. Drink a glass of red wine. Do your homework. If you put in 100%, and you work and you do your diet the way you're supposed to, you need to leave no stone unturned. You won't be nervous on stage. Drink wine. Ner nerves are, <laughs> nerves or fear is, is typically because you're not sure of yourself and it's like a self-confidence thing. I'm not saying you won't be nervous, I guess, or a little bit anxious, but I, I can assure you that the people who really do their homework and they are they know they're on and they're not worried about they didn't do enough or they didn't do it right or they didn't uh, stay on their diet. Those, those people aren't nervous. They they go out there quite, quite confident, typically. Yeah, I still get nervous. Like, it's just like it's it's an I don't even know if it's an anxiety thing. I think it's more like an adrenaline thing. You know what I mean? Like you get you're like, oh, shit, it's here. It's happening. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think more people get nervous and then don't get nervous. I think though pumping up helps me. Because even when I go in the gym, I kind of feel like a little bit my I'll put it this way. The person I am walking into the gym is a different person than the person I am 30 minutes into my workout. Like by then I'm on, I'm activated and I'm like I'm in the zone. Swole, you're swole. Yeah, yeah. And when, and when you're pumping up backstage, you can get into that same zone, you know, and now you just take it. That's what I've learned. And then now I just take that out to, you know out to the stage too oh you pump up backstage i didn't know you were one of those guys dude i'll tell you what man <laughs> back when i was dating that Lindsay chick she needed to pump up like so i i know you said you're like don't you don't pump up you know i think that some people pumping up can be beneficial oh i'm gonna wait for him because he's uh he, oh he's i had to mute my mute my mic for a minute mute him Dude, I will argue that you that maybe not everybody always needs to pump up, but I think that pumping up can be very beneficial. I think most people over pump up. I agree yeah, with that. That's more what I'm yeah, getting at. It depends on what you pump up and to what degree. The other thing is is can you hold the pump and a lot of times you can't because when you're staged next to the you know, the state you're not in the pump room anymore. Um, you know, you're go you're basically it's a matter of time at that point you're going flat. So that Lindsay chick I was dating, she did a warm-up show, and she wasn't at her best yet. Like, she was going to be at her best in another month, and she was, like, cutting it close, too. And she, we did blood, sweat, and gear, and you were like, don't pump up. You don't need to pump up. You know, if you're in shape, you just sit there. You just wait. And she sat there and waited, didn't do anything, and she went out on stage and she was like, I couldn't feel, you know, like she she wasn't pumped. She didn't have Well, it. I don't know that I said not do anything. I mean, you, you want to practice your posing because you want to get the pops and the kinks and the, I call it snap, crackle and pops out. But, um, you know, you want to be warm. You want. Yeah, she wasn't. Perfect, she like, like the way oh, she, okay. she interpreted it. She like wasn't. Gotcha. I was like, yeah. what were you doing? What, yeah, what exactly. Yeah, don't listen to Skip. I, you're fuck. What the fuck? I'm training <laughs> ah. not Skip. Oh, God, no. There's no way I was training yeah. her. That was oh I oh my bad okay yeah I that was God God no that would have boof yeah no. There's a lot to deal with in a relationship you don't want to be the coach too you know what I mean oh I depends do on the relationship I, I, I do life coaching you can call me yes <laughs> okay what is this one here um, 
Oh, man, I lost my place. Oh, okay. Best off season you've ever had, and what was different about it? Mm. By the way, Christian said, I think he said earlier that this is the first time he ever tuned into the live feed. He listens nice. to the show, so. Best off season, I don't know. I'll take it. I know back in 03, 04, 05 was probably my best growth spurt of all the years I've ever trained. And I'll be honest, I mean, I was doing DC training. It was um, my version of it. So when I add this little caveat, Dante can't get mad at me because he gets <laughs> mad when I say, but it, it, it was also the time that I, you know, I had more of my injuries too, not lower back injuries at that time. Uh, but I had more injuries, little minor nagging, like a, you know, an LCL from squatting, you know, things that are high poundage type injuries. And uh, they weren't, there was nothing major at that time. I don't know, the one, the bicep pull was, mm. uh, but it wasn't a complete tear or anything like that. Uh, and admittedly, that was, I don't even know if that was a DC. I was doing chins at two, a fat 260. But it was at this time where I went huge and was. You're 260. And, and it's big for you. Yeah, you know, it was fat. It was fat man boobs and everything else. But um, I did grow during that time crazy. Uh, I had a, it was just a crazy growth spurt. Um, wasn't doing ton of gear, but I was doing gear and more gear than I had done to that point. But uh, I think the lower volume helped me, so it came more down to a recovery issue. Now I don't know that I could have grown more had I been more insulin sensitive and been a little bit leaner. Uh, but I did. I grew like a motherfucker for those those three. And I say like a motherfucker relative to me. You know, if anybody's listening, go, oh, I don't remember you being all that big. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But <laughs> that was the time where I was putting up my uh, biggest, like I was making the biggest jumps in strength, um, things like that. I didn't have lower back issues yet, so I, I didn't have any, you know, confidence issues squatting mm. or, or doing bent rows and, and things like that. And, you know, it was only competing at the top of the light heavies and you know I, I was putting up pretty good numbers for me how about you scott uh i don't know i mean i can only go i can only in, i would say it was more in a powerlifting years you know it was a couple of the years i made some pretty big jumps in lifts i mean significant some of that was due to all the anadrol i was eating but I think a lot of it, some of it was due to like some technique changes, but I can remember there was about a two year span that I went up almost a hundred pounds or a little over a hundred pounds on my bench. That's a lot of weight. You know, some of that was technique related though. Um, but other than that, now I can think of some really shitty off seasons, you know, that were just terrible, uh, but nothing jumps out of me. I kind of feel like I had a couple. I feel like right now I've been onto something that I have never known before i relearned you know and i've talked a lot on the shows about uh, some of the stuff i've learned about training in the past few years from doing these podcasts with everybody but i feel like my training is the best that it's ever been now both in my strength but also in my technique like in my know-how and knowing what works for me and i feel like i am opening a window i didn't think i'd ever be able to open Honestly, so I think some I think I've got the potential to do better now than I ever have in my life. So, you know, but I'm talking about something that hasn't quite happened. It's happening now. You know, it, I am doing I'm doing pretty good. But, you know, we'll see where that goes. I can speak on my best off season was after a breakup. 
Because, oh, no, okay. Well, you buried yourself in yeah, it, probably. Yeah, yeah. I did, man. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. I couldn't, um, I couldn't, like, I didn't want to be home alone at night. Like, I was just like, man, like, I just want to get, because it was like, and it, the thing was, it was my decision, the breakup was, but it was like a really tough decision to make. And I knew it was like, this just isn't going to work. Yeah. So I started going to the gym seven days a week, which is a freaking mistake, right? But <laughs> I just like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go home and do nothing, you know? So I went home and I freaking banged it out. Eventually, that's when I got into yoga, which there's, believe it or not, there's a lot of hot chicks that do yoga. So there's some benefits when you're a single, newly single guy to, to meeting people. But uh, so that was my way of not training seven days was like I start getting into doing that. But man, I started pushing the food really hard. And I just had this, this, this chip on my shoulder like that I was going to fucking prove that I could do this. It's not like I broke up with this girl because she she didn't we didn't break up because I wasn't the best bodybuilder in the world, but but like it translated right. to that you know, but like I'm just gonna like I wanted to be better. I was like I'm gonna fucking prove this to whoever, and it I, maybe to myself I don't know, but I freaking that's when I was eating like like it was it varied, but I was coming up to like ten thousand calories. Eventually I fucked my stomach up really bad doing that too, but I moved up. A weight class that year too so it was like it was substantial it was it was substantial so I, I here's from, what you're gonna have or most people are gonna have their worst gains at the beginning of a new relationship right right it it never fails because you've got so much on your brain you don't it's not even about the training most people can get the training in. it's about the fact that you know what i'm gonna skip this meal because i don't want to have you know a bunch of food in my stomach when i'm trying to fuck you know, that, <laughs> right, that's right, right. Or yeah, you bring more like, calories. <laughs> yeah, it's like meal or fuck. Well, you know, I really like this. That's what type of thing, chick or guy, whatever. Um, you know, because we have plenty of female listeners too. But, or whatever you're uh, into. Maybe you're a guy that's into guys. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's both, and you're having a threesome. There's nothing wrong with that. Send pictures. I love that shit. More power to you. Uh, no, I just think that that's a. It's a di- very difficult time to make any type of progress, whether it be. Uh, you tend to not want to eat as much because you're in a new you don't want to be heavier you don't want to be fatter yeah you want the abs um, maybe if you yeah can. you want to be able to go I'm out sure, you might know, have some drinks when you don't normally have drinks things like that i think that's that's probably true in most cases but i'll go i'll now that i thought about it, the probably the best off season i was when i met my wife because she was a very dedicated competitive bodybuilder oh so you got more focused yeah. well actually she yeah. made me train harder it was like I, we'd go work out, and she's like, "Let's go to the gym." I'm like, no, nah, I'll go later because I don't want to get brutalized by you. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about? Because I remember you told me that like you weren't in great shape when you met her, right? No, I was. Oh, you were okay. Yeah, I mean, I was in. You know, I mean, I was. Yeah, I was pretty good shape. Okay, I thought that I that her, I, I thought that you gym. weren't. In, okay, I thought that was no, maybe I misunderstood the story then. Let me tell you about this slick move I made. So I've been checking her out. She was getting ready for a show. Yeah. And I like muscular women. So I'm like checking around the gym. Like, all right, how am I going to play to pull this off? Yeah. So I, I, pull, I walk up to her while she's in the middle of right. Got done with a set. And I'm like, Hey, are you, are you getting ready to compete? She turns around. She goes, yeah. And turns around and walks off. I'm like, well, that probably didn't work well. <laughs> so then I saw her go into the locker room, the women's locker room. So there's a Smith machine right there. So I just decided, okay, I'm going to do something with the Smith machine. So I get over there and I'm, and I see her come out and I go, how was your show? And she goes, Oh, it was good. And that's how it worked, baby. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was trying to fight all the other women off the gym at the time. So, you know, trying to push them. Back. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, no, actually it was probably, it was 
it was, I mean, she's super dedicated. I mean, she's a trainer. She's been training longer than Skip. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was, you know, I, I literally when oh, this is the worst part. So she's like, well, you want to meet me for cardio tomorrow? Oh, I, I pulled the, got up on the step mill next to her too. Yeah. She's going to meet me for cardio tomorrow. I'm like, sure. So I show up, she's doing 60 minutes on like level 15, the highest level on the step yeah. mill. And I'm like, dude, I'm like holding on for dear life after 10 minutes. I'm like ready to just fall out. And, uh, that's how I, I got doing a lot of cardio because I mean, I can't let her up. You know, I can't give up in the middle of it. So I mean, it was brutal, but I made it. So that's in stark. Contrast. And then she, critiqued, I mean, she critiqued my poor form too. She's like, you know, when you're doing dumbbell curls, you shouldn't be humping the mirror. And like, she's a real form Nazi. So I was like, you know, I'm like, she's like, you need to do, I'm like, okay, I just took it in stride and everything. And then I took her to a bar and got her drunk and you know, I went from there. So, <laughs> got her drunk that was yeah. in stark contrast you said to you uh, well yeah. i was yeah i was just gonna say it was in stark contrast to how i met my wife because my wife was um i i was holding her hair while she was throwing up no i'm oh, kidding totally anyway <laughs> oh okay yeah well, that's I was totally kidding that's all the questions we've got guys appreciate everybody who's been on the live feed um man i can't wait to i can't wait to go and pull those dumbbells for back day just keep going downstairs yeah, up and yeah. down the stairs with them. Up and down, up and down. Dude, I'm gonna put a hole through my wall if I do that because they're they're heavy. They're really heavy. Are those for your calf raises? Yes, yes. <laughs> Freaking monster calves. Yeah. 150s. Skip, do you know you know who Chris Duffin is? Yeah, he was at my house this uh, the other day. Really? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he came out here. He's doing a documentary, and uh, you know that that squat he did. This last year, he ended up. I thought it was a thousand pounds for two reps, but then it turned out to be a thousand and one pounds for three reps. Yeah, damn. And it's just like, and it's not just like. I mean, he's like controlling that shit. Like it's yeah, scary, well, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. The dude is re- just crazy strong. You can't even call that retard strength. It's like, yeah. it's like unhuman strength. But he, um, in order to get his health in order to do that, uh, Victoria had helped him. He had had, he has like oh, a lot of okay. autoimmune issues and stuff, so he credits her with having gotten him into the health position to be able to do that, and so he wanted her to be part of the documentary. So he came out Very here cool. and they recorded in my gym. My gym is like going to be in the movie now. So nice. It was cool. He came out. We had dinner, and then the next day spent the day here at the house. Uh, I hadn't really known a ton about him before. He's a really cool dude. Do you know who, who yeah. he is? Uh, yeah. 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 He owns that Kabuki Strength Company. Yeah, yep, exactly. I ordered one of his bars a little while ago, so I'm still I'm waiting on that to come in. Should be, hopefully, sooner than later. But are you in the movie? No, I uh, I I I I made uh, I made him lunch. That counts for something. Yeah, yeah. It does it doesn't supporting no. cast? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, how's your training going, Skip? Yeah, it's going. You know, we're in the middle of trying to figure out whether I'm going to move. I'm not going to give it away, but um, we won't be moving very far. We might be moving a little bit. Okay. A little bit. You know, we'll find that out this week. So training's good. Uh, one-on-one training's going real well. My clients are awesome. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything's normal and boring and that sort of thing. My hip is good. I yeah. did get the clearance to go back. So I started uh, 
squatting very, very light last week, did some leg presses on Friday at the end of my workout and uh, didn't get well. I got heavy because my I'm not very strong right now. OK, but um, felt really good. And it, it's kind of cool. It's an odd thing to have a glute pump right now because I haven't had one in so long. I kind of feel oh, like, yeah. my ass, like my ass is hanging down to the back of my knees or something uh, like an old, you know, an old skinny lady who, you know, their ass just kind of drops down halfway down their body. That's kind of how I feel. But um, it is good to be back. I'm going to actually miss the next uh, podcast. Oh, what you got going on? I will be, I'll be in Colorado Wednesday to Wednesday to see the kids. Um, Our middle daughter and her fiance are coming out from, she's in nursing school in Milwaukee, and they're going to go to Colorado too because the rest of my kids are in Colorado. So we're going to spend a week out there with them. I'm pretty excited about that. I could probably still pull off the podcast somehow, and we can talk about it. But to be honest with you, I haven't seen them all together in a while, and I won't see them all together for a little while, so I may not. (laughs) It'll be a good day we can call Dave Calico. Yeah, Yeah, get Dave on the show. Exactly. Yep. And I'm up for contract negotiations again at the end of the year. So it's not very good timing, but I'm just ahead of my own interests. <laughs> right on. Right on. How about you, Scott? How, when's the next time you're going out for some crab legs? Uh, next year. One year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've been, I've, been, I've been back in the gym a little bit doing some bench pressing, trying to get back in a, yeah? in a lot of years. Yeah. So far, my shoulder doesn't isn't bother me, but we'll see. You know, I mean, definitely, it's pretty pathetic, strength-wise. But you know, it's better than nothing. I got that shoulder saver pad from Elite. You, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you ever use that? Uh, well, Scott? I'm gonna if I can recover my old slingshot, I'm gonna start using it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was doing that, the hammer strength inclines, nowhere near what I used to, but I mean, it's still respectable, I guess. But trying to get good form because you know I've had so many shoulder problems, especially my left shoulder. I got to be real careful. How much were those crab legs at Trillix? Trillix, dollars for a pound. It was one crab leg. A one pound How much was it? $85. So that's a oh, big okay. crab leg then. That's like. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was good. I mean, it was at $85. Would I go back and say, hey, let me get those again? Probably right. not. It's a leg. So that's it's like long. Leg. It's long. Yeah, it was like probably 18 inches long. Holy shit. And of course, I'm literally like white trash. I didn't know that they cut the back open, so I got the crab leg. Like I'm at, you know, at like Red Lobster. I'm trying to snap it like this. Did you put your Did you put your napkin like a bib? No, my shirt already had the tie and stuff oh. on it. So. <laughs> no, really, no, I'm like, I'm like, they didn't give me. My wife's like, they didn't give you the little, the little tool, you know, the, the little uh, claw, you know, the, to break it open. Yeah. So I'm like, how do you get these things open? So I'm like, I got them in front of my face and. You know, here we are in this restaurant where people are wearing like Armani suits and two thousand dollars, two thousand dollar bottles of wine. I got crab leg like this. I'm yeah. bending it; it won't work. Finally, I realized something pinched me on the backside. I turned it over, and they had sliced it open long nice. ways so you could pick it out. Nice. So after I got three towels, to get my hands clean, I got the meat out of it. Well, listen, if everybody, anybody who's still with us at the end of the show here, then I'm sure you probably already have liked and commented, and I'm sure that you've subscribed. But, hey, if not, uh, help us out, help us boost the algorithm. Of course, check out truenutrition.com. Use our code advices that supports all of our programming. And go to Team Skip. We didn't even mention Team Skip. You can find all about skip loading there. You can do it with the man himself at teamskip.com. Let's get out of here, guys, for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill and S2H. I'm Scott McNally. We'll see you soon. Late.